So, what age were you when you got interested in racing for a start? I would have been eight or nine years old, uh, living in Belfast. I worked, uh, or I lived across the road from a garage that worked on Norton motorcycles and race cars. And they had a 500 uh, little race car with a Norton engine in it. So that got me. I used to go over there, help clean the car and just goof around and um, went to the races with them. So I was basically hooked. But I was more interested in motorcycles than cars. So what circuits would you have been to for that? Um, Obviously local. Kirkiston. Yeah. Bishop's Court. Mm -hmm. um, Phoenix Park. Uh, Dunboyne. The basic Irish tracks, you know. Right. And, um, and then you had Dundrod for the motorcycles. Yeah. Where I used to go play on my bicycle and you know, at the, around the Herpin Bay, thinking yeah. I was a, a, a you know, yeah. Sterling Moss. Uh, no, who Jeff was Duke. my, fa my favourite guy then would have been uh, was Bob McIntyre and yeah. Jeff Duke, obviously, yeah. and then yeah. Mike Hillwood came along, and then all a list of Irish riders, which were mm. quite prominent. So you kept up with that for a while, just helping out oh, and yeah, being yeah. around. Yeah, yeah, I, I worked on that and I learned how to. Uh, you know, I was good at using my hands because I learned out of school uh, woodwork and basket work. And right. So that became. And did you start? Obviously, you must have done then metal work at school. No, we didn't, didn't do metal work. Didn't you? They had only woodwork and basket work. That right. was a, maybe a little too dangerous back then. <laughs> but um, yeah, I could use a drill press and a hmm? saw and a. So we, did you get into the metalwork in the garage opposite then? Yeah, well, I, when I, you were a bit older. I, I, when I got a few years older, I started. Um, I had my own motorcycle, a B thirty one BSA grass track bike, and I was always on my bicycle. I made my bicycle into uh, like a road race motorcycle. Yeah, I had clip ons on it, whatnot, <laughs> a, a long seat, and I used to go up to Dundrod. And um, how old were you been in? What do you think? I would have been that? in my 11, 12, <laughs> 13. Brilliant. And I would ride down the hill from Belfast with Damon McGee. Right. Damon McGee yeah. was my neighbour. We were yeah. we were lifelong friends. Mm -hmm. And, and um, both of us had the same. And, and we were flying down. You know, we'd come down this hill from Dundrod down into Belfast. It was about four miles downhill. Passing cars in a full tuck position. Brilliant. <laughs> so that started that off. Right. So, what was your first job? My first actual job was in a butcher shop, right. riding a uh, delivery, uh, a, a bicycle with a basket on the front. Right. Uh, and Damon McGee had was the same. He worked in another company. <laughs> so we had terrorized Belfast on a bike. Right. He got really good at those things. Of course. Walk him around and whatnot. And then after that, um, so how did you get into the metalworking? Sorry, how did you get into the metalworking? Metalwork that just came along. Did it? Trying, I, I made a little front fender from a bicycle. Right. Uh, and Fred Smith, the old guy in the garage, he he was a Norton tuner. He um, he showed me how to, you know, do a little bit of metalwork because they were doing that on the cars. You know, was sure. A, sure. The garage was a full-on body shop, paint shop yeah. as well. Yeah. So, um, for, for road cars? Yeah, for right. road cars. Yeah, and they were doing the racing bits on they the side. They were doing the racing bit on the side. Right. Jerry Kinane. Yeah. Ever come up? 
John Pollock, no. Tommy Reed. Hmm? You're not up on your racing. That's no, not Irish stuff. Good Lord. And then we'll break. <laughs> How old are you? Put it on your pause. Private. <laughs> well, how old am I? Well, you're older than me, obviously. Yeah, I'm mild. I'm 70, what, three? Or Sorry, four? you're 12 years older than me. 1946. Yeah, I'm 58. What? 58, I am. You're 58? No, I'm 61 years old. Oh. I'm 1958. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> are you kidding? <laughs> so, when you start, what was your first job in racing? Was it metalworking? The very first job in real racing was a team loader. Ah, so how? how I left. Did you, Eng, I left England, but how I, did you I, get Ireland. The, sorry, yeah. left Ireland on a Norton motorcycle. Got on the boat, went over to Liverpool, and uh, rode down to Earl's Court to meet up with my buddies and um, hung out there for a while. I didn't work, mm. hadn't got a job yet, and um, there was an ad in the paper for Team Lotus and Autosport. And um, for what I, job? Just it, to work uh, an apprentice, work on the truck actually. Right, was, right. Trucking, and I applied for it. Got a letter back within a week. I got on the train and up to. Um, I think Chesson. Chesson. Yeah. 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 Went up to Chesson. Interviewed with Jim Enderright, and um, got a letter back from them a couple of days later and said start Monday morning good yeah so I went to Lotus so what were you doing on the truck or, no, what was your job? I was sorted the truck out had made every got everything organized it was a total disaster and um, I was pretty good at organizing things as I, I grew up in a family of 12 people so right I was very well used at keeping things organized <laughs> for my dear mother so, um, and, and when I was waiting at the at the uh, Monday morning, I'm waiting, and no one had arrived yet. And then a trailer pulls up, a van and trailer, and on the back of the trailer was a Lotus 38. Right. It, it, in the, not the Indy winning car. It actually it was at a hill climb in Switzerland. Yeah. And I come back, and then I helped them on take that car off the trailer. So, what year would that be? It was 1965. Okay. June. Right. Yeah. June sixty. Yeah, right up June sixty five. Yeah. And when I looked at that car I thought that's I I want to work in that. That's just completely So the transporter you were working on, was that just a general transporter for F two, F one or No, no, that was a Formula One. Formula One deal. Okay. So I worked with Alan McCall and Leo Weibrot mm -hmm. and um they took me under their wing and then when when they went racing I would sit at the bench for the welding torch and learn how to weld mm -hmm. and then I got that winter time, they put me on the lathe, and uh, making all the bushes and stuff for uh, races for the parts. Right, right. So you would have been about what? 19, 18, 19? 19. Yeah, nineteen. So I um, uh, I I, and and Jim Enderight was really impressed the way I, he he was so impressed with me because I went into the oil store, which is about as big as a shed. Mm -hmm. And everything was in can gallon cans of oil, and they were everywhere. The floor was saturated in oil, so I cleaned everything up and put everything in its place and organized it and cleaned it. And he came and looked at it, and he was stunned. He said, "Wow!" And then um, <laughs> pat myself on the back on that yeah. one. And then I organized the truck completely. Everything was all the bins were got their nuts and bolts and fittings, and all the, everything was in its correct place. Yeah. 
and the guys would say to me, you know, we need, we need this, we need that, you know. Hmm? I said, when, when, you, when you're at the racetrack, so I left them a, 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 a pad to write, if there's anything missing, write it down. When you come back, I'll sort it out. Yeah. So I worked on that in 1965, and then 1966, um, I started work on the Indian, helping Alan McCall to get a car ready to go to Mount Fuji. Right, yes. And, yeah. um, and then that car ended up coming back, and we got it ready for Indy, mm -hmm. for the 66 Indy 500. Yeah. And... Um, which I couldn't go. I was going to say, you're still in the workshop still. Well, I was still because um, I wasn't old enough. You had to be 21. So to go to Indy in 67, you had to um, be 21 mm -hmm. because of America and everything. Yeah. So I forged my passport. <laughs> Did you? I changed it from <laughs> 46 to 44. Right. So With the magnifying glass, I went over everything and took an exacto knife and scratched out the, the, six. the six and made it into a four and then went over everything in a black borrow. And, then, and it worked? Yeah, it worked, absolutely. So was that your first trip with the race team? My first trip was... Indy 67? It was, yeah. Wow. How about that? Yeah. Two years, I'm sitting in a pub in Earl's Court, and next thing I'm in the, at the Indy 500 wow. with Jim Clark yeah. and Graham Hill. Yeah. So then they... they um, uh, they got us, uh, had a meeting, they said, we're moving to Norfolk. Yeah, sure. Uh, would anybody like to go? Of course, yeah. everybody did. So, of course um, We moved up to Norwich to the new factory and mm -hmm. and um, got the cars ready for... So that, when was that? 67. Right. Yeah. But you're still in the workshop? I'm only, sort of thing. No, I'm working on the cars now. Right. Yeah. I'm out of the, off the truck, working on cars as a mechanic. Mm -hmm. And helping a little bit in the fab shop, making little brackets here and there, whatever I could to get my hand in and learn how to do it. And, um, and it, it wasn't that big a deal. I, I found it uh, reasonably easy to do. And um, So you go to Indy 67. Yeah. Right. Total disaster. What were you doing there? You. Mechanic, you? working right. in the car. Okay. On, on Graham Hill's car with Huey Absalom. Right. Arthur Birchall and Jim Pickles worked on mm -hmm. Jimmy's car. Mm -hmm. Right. And just two cars? Just two cars. No spare? No spare. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and it was a disaster? Oh, the engines were blowing up all the time. and uh, They didn't want us. There was this conspiracy there. I, I didn't know, but I was too naive then. But later when I hung around, you know, I started working in Indianapolis and talked to Mario about things mm -hmm. that they didn't tell us about. And how come we were the only guys blowing engines? They decided we're not letting that. Graham Hill's just won in 66, Clark 65. We're not having this again. <laughs> so they, they, you know, yeah. they, they just, they made somehow sure. made sure that we didn't yeah. get it. Now, yeah. whether you believe that or not, it's, it's irrelevant, but it was a kind of, you know, a little suspicious that every, we were the only Ford engines blowing up you yeah, know and yeah. having to change them all the time yeah. it was so 67 was disastrous I left came back left Lotus and went to Brabham's right to build because Brabham never built a monocoque before so I went down there with Alan McCall and we made the, the little uh, Repco Brabham with the so that would have been 
what? 68. Start of 68. 68, sort of yeah. Okay. Went right. to Indy with Brad uh, and Rint and Jack. Mm. That was disastrous because the Repco engines were blowing all the time. We couldn't go a day without one blowing up, so that was another disastrous yeah. event. Yeah. After, after that, um, Jochen told me he was going back to Lotus, and I went with him. All right, oh, called did. up Lotus and said, you know, is there a job there? And they said, yeah, come on back. So at Brabham's, were you just on the Indy car? Or just, you no, 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 no. I, I, I <clears throat> was on the Formula One cars, Ron Dennis, Neil Trandler, myself. We were on the Repco with Rint and, right. and Jack, and um, done, you know, five or six Grand Prix. Yeah. And that didn't work out because, once again, the Repco and, and Rint kept saying, Jack, if you put a Cosworth in this car, I'll make you. I'll, I'll, it'll be a world champion. Mm. But that didn't happen until '69 yeah. when Rent left. So Jackie X took over. So I went back to Lotus with Jochen, sort of. Yeah. So my three Indianapolis trips were '67 disaster, '68, and to make life worse, '69 four-wheel drive cars, Mario right. crashing it. But you had a good driver lineup. Yeah. Even. So oh, that yeah. was Mario, Graham Hill. Graham Hill and Jochen. Okay. But they didn't. Now remember, Graham and Jochen had just had big, a huge crash in Spain when the wings broke. And Jochen had a hairline crack in his skull, I think. So he wasn't. He wasn't. 100%. No, he didn't want to drive those no, cars. He no, said that afterwards, didn't there he? There was no testing, and he, yeah. didn't, he didn't really. What car was that? Four wheel drive, the 56, I think. Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Was it the 64? I was up the tur turbine, 64 maybe. So, um, so what? So after Mario what? crashed. Yes, what happened in 69? When Mario crashed, um, Lotus withdrew the cars, and Jim McGee asked me, um, would you like to come help us? I knew Jim McGee well. What team was that? Brauner, Tim Brauner. So I went and uh, helped them, and. Um, just for Indy, just for the, just the rest at, of Indy at the rest moment, just for the at the yeah race. But when Indy was over, I stayed there and worked the whole year. Right, I basically moved to America then. So that was was that you finished with Formula One stroke? Yeah, yeah. UK or whatever you want to call yeah, them teams. And, and I after, so the six when the '69 season was over, Mario decided to stay with Granatelli. And um, Bronner and McGee decided, no, we're not. We're doing our own thing. So they had uh, we built a couple more cars for Roger McCluskey. Jim Hayhoe was the car owner. And then in the middle of the season, uh, um, Jack Brabham was an Indian, and he asked me. He said, "Are you going up to Michigan for the Can Am race?" Which I said, "Yeah, I, I am." He said, "Would you take some stuff up here to Tyler?" So I said, "Yeah, yeah, some." Indian part, so I go up to Michigan and meet Tyler and the, the, right, the Can Am guys, and, yep. and um, I, I said to Tyler, and Huey was, was saying, you know, I'm I'm going to do Indy next year with McLaren. Why don't you talk to Tyler? So I talked to Tyler and said, yeah, come on back to England, we'll hire you. Okay. So I went back to England to McLaren's mm -hmm. and built a real Indy car. So that would have been 70, 70, 70, 70 okay. my, and, and, and the first race, 
with McLarens was the M15 McLaren, right. which Peter Revson drove, and we took it to the, inaug the inaugural California 500. Yeah. Which he was leading going away, and then um, we had a problem with the. It was Ontario Speedway. Yeah, wasn't it? In Ontario. That's right. So we got that. Um, uh, he had to make a pit stop to change the little black box, and that, that was it. So then go back to England again and build the M16s. Right. And we were building them. They were basically a copy of the Lotus 72. Right. You yeah. Know, and, yeah. And we were the only ones, our McLarens were the only ones smart enough to look at that and think, wow, that's the way to go. Mm -hmm. So we built those and went to Indy and um, da, um, Teddy, Teddy Mayer sold one to um, Roger Pinsky. Yeah. And um, that was for Mark Donahue. Yeah, Donahue. Mm -hmm. So we had Denny home, Revy, and Revy put her on the pole and yeah. should have won the race, but he had flu that day, big time. Right. He really was sick. Was lucky enough to even finish the race. And then after that, McLaren's, I jumped ship and went to Gene White's. Right. Down in Atlanta and built the Atlanta cars with Mike Underwood. My, um, the rabbit, Graham mm -hmm. Bartles, and myself. And, and then well, the shop was complete just lotus a transfer. Big, big empty shell, nothing. So we had to I had to make a make a, a race shop first, mm -hmm. and then uh, uh, built three cars: two for Gene White, Lloyd Ruby, mm -hmm. Kill Yarber, and so one to Foyt. And then um, after Gene White, what after, team was that? I was with Gene White. Right. And when Gene, when Far, which was Gene White Farstone, ah. he was the big Farstone dealer, but he was the, the big connection with Farstone. Mm. And then Farstone pulled out of racing, and um, Foyt said, send them boys down to back in Houston here. <laughs> so we went down, the rabbit and I went to Houston, Right. And, and Foyt had the car that they bought, but he hadn't run it yet. Right. So then we um, built uh, the Bob Riley design, four-time winning car, mm -hmm. and um, and then we ran our car as well, Atlanta car, yeah. for George Snyder. And um, so you were doing a whole season? Yeah, oh yeah, Indy cars, yeah, not yeah, just yeah. yeah sure. We were full time with Foyt. Okay. I, I think I worked there for three and a half years for Foyt, and mm -hmm. um, in Houston, which wasn't a very pleasant place, but all right. And then after that, I decided I went back to Indianapolis and started working in a fabrication shop doing IndyCar tubs, and then started doing wings. Right. Yeah. And then once I started doing wings, it was it was never ending. Yeah. Until carbon fiber came along. Sure. I made wings for everybody. Tubs, so wings. That, that was your own business. No, I was working for Jackie Howard. And okay. Um, took me a while to get my own business, mm -hmm. and um, I just generally made anything that I could, you know, fabricating wings, tubs, going racing. For any team for any car. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, but we done uh, we done a lot of work for Penske, and we built Patrick Racing. Uh, we built their tubs for him, mm -hmm. and um, so what would be the process there, Chalky? Would you just get the drawings? Yeah, you get drawings make that yeah or else uh, if um, when March showed up with their indie car I would go copy their wings yeah, sure. you know and, exactly. and yeah. make yeah. them for other but guys from scratch you were just given yeah drawings yeah with because he's got all the measurements on it yeah wow just build them off that what did it feel like when you'd finished one 
and you'd sort of stand back and go, oh yeah, I've done that. Oh, there you go. They're a proud piece. A beautiful piece of metalwork. Absolutely. And I'd done some tricky ones. And then I'd done wings for dragsters for years. Top fuel Did dragsters. You? Fronts and rears. Mm -hmm. and um, Sprint cars. A lot of World of Outlaw wings. <laughs> I was doing... <laughs> I bet they used a lot of those. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were. <laughs> bam, bam. <laughs> Next. <laughs> Uh, you, could, you didn't make any money if they were a throwaway. Yeah, sure. I couldn't compete with a guy making them for, and they, were, they weren't my style of wing. No, you know, sure. Just, but I did make quite a few. Of them. Yeah. And so, then that brings me up to where? Where are we now? Well, I want to go back slightly. Any one particular, any ma major influences on you? Oh, well, Ch Colin Chapman. You, you're obviously um, in awe of him. Yeah. He's genius. And did you have not. much interaction with him? No. He never interacted. He only interacted with the chief mechanics and whatnot. Told me I'd done beautiful work once. He actually got some of the guys and said, look, in, in the shop, there's the way you do this job. Nice. Yeah. And um, But other than that, you just got on with it. Yeah. And he wasn't... You were, he just wanted to see you were let... You know, the nice <laughs> thing about th that period in time was uh, you just... Just do it. That's where that saying should have come from. Just do it. Yeah, get on there. Get that bit of metal and make that. Here's a little drawing. Or mm -hmm. if you didn't have a drawing, you made a pattern out of cardboard to make sure that everything fit it and, and <coughs> figure it out. Mm. You can either do it or you can't. Simple as that. Sure. It's like yeah. singing. Yeah. You've got vocals. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can fake it. <laughs> but um, yeah. But oh, the, and the biggest influence. You know, Bob Dance obviously was um, instrumental in my life because yeah. we hung out all the time, and he um, instigated all the, the practical jokes, and I had to carry them out. <laughs> and I always would look around. Where are these guys? Uh, after I've blown something up, they're all gone. <laughs> and obviously, the, the 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 guys at Lotus were the best, the best of the best. I mean, everyone was a practical joker. Good fun. You didn't fit in if you wouldn't fit in if you um, if you didn't go along. Yeah, sure. Yeah. But the, the leader, the vicar, obviously was. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, and I got along with him real well. All right, I'm going to ask you for a couple of Jim Clark stories. I don't have any. We've got a couple. Go on. Come on, I know you have. Jim Clark stories. What else? Because you would have been with him, obviously, Indy. Yeah, uh, yeah. On the Indy, 66 and 67. 67 at Indy. Mm. There's nothing... I mean, that's the problem when people... Go you, because you don't have any interaction with the guy... Because he wouldn't have been around the factory. Um, no, he very rarely came. He came to... He wouldn't even come for a fitting. No. They knew his seat size, you know. He was always... <laughs> He was out of the country. Remember, he was sure, on, that's right, tax he, that. on his tax deal. He was. But what's um, the Christmas party story? The Christmas party story was that at, um, it got pretty wild. It was down in the back shed at um, uh, Heather. Cuff, or, Heather? Uh, no, um, Chessent. Chessent. Okay. And um, we got a little out of control, so we got an Irish jig going, and Derek Morse. Go on, Chalky, show him how to do that Irish jig. And so Clark says, well, if you think you can do it, I'll show you how to do a Scottish. So we both got up together in front of everybody and somehow two stumbling drunks 
made it through and made it look pretty good. Mm -hmm. Got into the oldest. So here I am dancing a, with the, the world champion. <laughs> not nice. <laughs> um, so did he like a drink? Oh yeah. I mean, not you know, he, all he, the time. Uh, he just no, 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 never. He wasn't a boozer. No. But when when he got down and dirty he himself. And, yeah, the, the scotch came out in him. And Willie Koo always wound him up, of course. Of course. But you couldn't, what, what was interesting, you couldn't understand them. Talk, when they spoke together, it was a different language. Yeah. When they were speaking, huh. uh, that broken Scottish, you know. Accent. And you're trying to, and I've got some, uh, a great picture on my phone <laughs> there of um, Clark and Jackie Stewart facing each other, talking. Chapman in the middle laughing away and I just put on there Colin Chapman hasn't got a clue what they're talking about because <laughs> when they would talk and see we'd hang out at Indy I mean mm -hmm. you'd always come into uh, you know the garage the Lotus garage Jackie and mm. any oh you know any of the European guys the former sure. all hung out sure. together and when they would start you were going what what's what's going on here what ah. language is this yeah so, um, yeah, but as, as stories go, I don't really have any because there was none that that was the only interaction I sure. had with with Jimmy. But didn't, didn't you take your own Silverstone once? Yeah. Oh, when I, uh, in 1967, we um, we went to test the Lotus 40. Right. Sports car. Went to Silverstone on a very cold, cold day. And um, uh, David Lazenby was still there he hadn't left yet and he was kind of running the show and i'm there helping out and lazy me just says there was a lull says to jimmy take him for a lap yeah get in and it was the scariest the bit this the, the part that was just the noise was incredible because there are no earplugs in no sure you got a big v8 ford engine behind you, you have a crash wheel no oh god no i'm i'm, I'm hanging in there was no seat no, that's right it was just an empty, and I'm hanging on for dear life. Mm -hmm. But um, the watching his feet, um, double clutching and changing, mm -hmm. and looking at the corner coming up, and I'm going, "There's no way this car. It's impossible. This car to get round this corner at this speed." Mm -hmm. just, so that was the difference between because I'd never been over seventy miles an hour in my life then, right, right. in a car, and then you're running about 150 miles an hour, and all of a sudden. You know, you you do realize the difference between what what a race driver can and can't do. Yeah. But it was a great thrill, and he he was la he, he would glance over at me laughing because he could see the fear in my eyes. <laughs> and um, I might be one of the few people who've ever had the the luck or the privilege uh, to have that. You know, to do that. Have him as your chauffeur. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you couldn't help liking him. Shit, he was a great little guy. Mm. True professional. How tall was he, Chalky? He was about your height. Was he? Not really. You're not tall, no? No, about 5'8". Yeah, he was about 5'8". Mm. And um, Graham was tall. Yes. Yeah. You can tell that by looking at the, yeah. comparing the pictures of them in like the 49. Yeah. Graham's head is well up above yeah, the oh yeah. hoop and Jimmy's right. 